and welcome to the 89th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and also have made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and the second half we discuss the game they hit the moat, which in this case isn't a game at all. It's actually a book. It's called ZX Spectrum Games Code Club by Gary Plowman. Gary, who are you? Yes. And what do you do? Um, I am a games developer um, and an entrepreneur, so I, I, I have a few other um, uh, web application businesses as well. But, um, but yeah, the game development is a big side of what I do. So uh, I do mobile games and just recently uh, launched the book ZX Spectrum Games Code Club uh, for Christmas just gone. And, yeah, and um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. I'm flicking through it now. I'm not like so maybe here flicking. There it is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. My, it's in my muddy paws, and uh, you know my office, and it's very thumbed. There's some pages. Oh yeah, in there great. That, uh, I had to I had to break the spine a bit. Sorry, Gary. Sorry, but <laughs> I had to lay a, a ruler across the code so to make sure oh, yes, I, I didn't yes. miss any of the lines. And yes, uh, I did yes. actually. Write some of the games using a, a genuine rubber key 48k third generation, I think it was. I can't remember because I refurbished it. It might wow. be second. Um, but uh, it's got a blue keyboard as opposed to a grey one. But anyway, yeah. who's got grey keyboards on their spectrums? I don't know anyone who has. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, uh, we'll talk about that later. But that's, that's what we're here to talk about. Glorious, glorious book. But... How did you make your start making flashy, lighty video games, as opposed to tabletop games, which you also like to talk about on this show? Um, well, it was it was a couple of years ago, and I started um, I started tinkering around with a with um, a software development um, language, trying to uh, you know I'm a programmer as well that do, you know I do a lot of web stuff and database and applications but then i i thought so oh, i think i'll i think i'll try and write a game for for android um initially i i started off just doing for desktop and i was making a version of um a spectrum game a remake and it was because it, it was because the 30th anniversary of well it was just going to coincide uh just very pure fluke with the 30th anniversary of Viking, uh, in Viking Raiders, um, and oh, I love I, that game. Yeah, yeah. It was and a great Firebird uh, game. It yeah, was just, yeah. My friend and, and I. Sorry to interrupt, but you, you can. But my friend and I, you love just going yeah. at each other. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. We, I had three brothers, and we we it was perfect for us because we we were just killing each other playing yeah. this game, um, using all dirty dirty tactics oh, and. Yeah. Oh, it was great, and you know, telling, telling, giving each other the wrong numbers to press so that oh, they yeah, yeah. got their distance wrong yeah, yeah. and uh, missed with their catapults. Yeah. So, um, it's it's another great game on the spectrum that was actually made in BASIC. <gasps> so, really? you probably didn't realize that because um, it has a couple of small little uh, assembly routines in it, but uh, a lot of it is BASIC. I'm stunned. So, yeah, yeah. Because I I know Football Manager was basic. Again, similarly with, I think there wasn't any assembly of Football Manager. It was entirely in basic. 
it's just loads and loads of data, loads of data um, in that in that coding. And you might be I might be wrong in that, but I thought there was uh, lots of data clusters in that in that code. But generally, it was yeah. basic. But I didn't know Viking Raiders was. Yes, yes, and if you um, there is a way of you know breaking into it and of course, get, yeah. see the code, but um, it was well protected. But uh, and when you get it, like it, it was um, there was certain aspects of the game that were coded in uh, in assembly, so that obviously for for speed. Um, so, but I when I when I opened it and got into it, I seen that it was fully. Basic, a big long basic listing with uh, various pokes and the odd dump to um, a random user number to load some code or run some code. Uh, so yeah, and it was another it was another example of a great game on Spectrum that was built in Basic. So um, and I always loved it. So I decided I would try and do a new version of it and. Um, try and build it for desktop and then eventually hopefully try and build some kind of an interface onto it so that it would work as a mobile game um it's a very kind of a niche kind of mobile game and um you know it didn't really uh it didn't uh light the world on fire but it was uh i enjoyed it and people who were what's fans, it called it's called viking invaders viking invaders right and it's on android and um it's four player and it has you know, has a nice uh, kind of animation, kind of extra bits to it. That um, um, a nice little view window around the uh, the fighting uh, Vikings. It also has, uh, you know, gives names to all the Vikings now, and and little cartoon kind of looking Vikings. Well, no, we so, used to give them names anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's Olaf, is it? I'm talking about the individual guys you actually oh, yeah, yeah. bought as well. But yeah, yes, of course. <laughs> the individual, we did, yeah. The, the, I, I stuck with the same names as well. Oh, but, uh, I, I actually did try and get in touch with Firebird to try and track down the original author because I wanted to, I wanted to um, uh, have his blessing, you know, to, uh, yeah, to, do to it. actually do it. But, uh, but, and then and his blessing probably to, to, as well to use the name. Mm. So I didn't actually use the original name um, and it turns out someone else was planning to use that name for a uh, for a Facebook game right. uh, that was a similar kind of thing as well but um, but that's yeah that was my first uh, my first try at a game and it was a it was actually a bit of a it was a more difficult um, task in the in the in the beginning than I than I expected because it was term based it was you had to have uh, a lot of um, code logic there for all the different aspects to it. You know, generating the map and uh, having the uh, the player cycles, the different turns, storing all the data for all those turns, all the values for the Vikings, all that stuff. So, um, but that was the first one. And then I went and built, uh, and after honing my my skills at that one, I built a um, mobile game. Based on Galaxian, which was Galaxian with power ups and boxes, called uh, Galaxy Storm, and that that game is um, is currently approaching a million downloads at the moment on on Android, 
which uh, which is very good. So this is like, great. I, mean, I personally, I I'm completely appled up. I even have oh a, yeah yeah I even have an iWatch. So that's how bad yeah. I am. <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry, I'm complete. I, I just became part of the ecosystem, and that was it. Screwed. I do. Yeah. I, I did have an Android phone from about uh, two or three years ago, and it was great. It was a, a Galaxy S2. It served me well. But when it died, it was really catastrophic. <laughs> when it died, so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to suffer that again. So well, I have I have an iTouch, and I I I, I love my iTouch, but um, I refuse to upgrade it because uh, yeah. because of the. Um, uh, you know, Apple, Apple's, you know, pushing people to upgrade uh, when it's I, weird. I they don't, don't use them. Yeah, they don't do it with their their computers, but they do it with their mobile device, the platforms. So their iPads, the mobile yes. phones, they 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 pause. But they, they, they lap, the 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 computers, no, <laughs> not really. No, I think yeah, it's they yeah. cost so much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they, <laughs> they would. Um, yeah, they wouldn't have very many fans if they were. Turning over the computers as fast as they're turning over the uh, the iPhones. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's, that's fantastic. I have don't have any Android devices at present, but I need to check that because well, you can actually play the uh, Viking Invaders on PC on itch. Right, it's uh, it's available there to download. Okay, um, and um, it's uh, mouse driven on that, so. Oh. So the, the that's uh, and it's um, you know nice little cartoony graphics yes, compared to the uh, original eight bit. Um, there is still the style; it kept some of the style of the um, original, yes. so that it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't um, it would it would it would remin- it would remind people and give people a nostalgic uh, feeling. Amount of times I'll go, that's there, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. You really just put that plug in the you'll move him to there, wouldn't it? Yeah, you definitely go there. Yeah, you sure? Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> it's the wrong place. <laughs> but you said it. Was- yeah, I know. I just—I didn't want you to go there, did I? So why are you asking me? Oh, you're my opponent. Fantastic game. Look yeah, it up, everyone. It's great. It's great. It's great. I'm sure World Spectrum a- will tell you who made it originally. But oh, I, I knew. I knew the name of the. the, the oh, guy. Right. just trying to um, find him. It, it was actually yeah, and I, I did actually uh, get in touch with um, a person who was now the. The sort of the go-to guy for anything Firebird and right. uh, BT Telecom stuff to uh, relate it. So um, and they said, "Oh, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know." Where <laughs> <they are." laughs> no. So uh, I, I, at least I tried. You know. Yeah, um, the the uh, retro gamer Fabulous magazine. I like it anyway. Yeah, oh yeah, it's great. Their, their investigative journalism is amazing. How they yes. track down those people. So oh yeah. You yeah. best just defer to them and go. How did you find Paul Rose, you know, from Digitizer and stuff like that? Oh, he was just on Twitter. But no, how did you find these people from, you know, from way back making these games 30 years ago? Oh, we just asked, we just, you know. So, yeah, they're yeah, still around, I, they're still around. I, I, I recently got the, um, I, I recently got the um, 150th episode, uh, um, episode or yeah, issue, issue, issue of the Retro Gamer magazine. Yeah. And uh, I opened up page three uh, or four or something and lo and behold there's a picture of me sitting with Dino Dini <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy that is, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. crazy uh, yeah. playing kickoff in the championships and yes. uh, I was um, I, I wasn't expecting it uh, I just just you know there's people taking pictures around the place uh, all all at the time when we were playing but I, I 
I wasn't expecting uh, one of them to turn up in the in the retro gamer magazine. Uh, the issue for the one that I bought, I, I, and um, I have every issue still. Really? Yeah. I had them all, Just, all filed as well in the oh. magazine boxes, and the, you know the backs have spines yeah. and colours. They look amazing. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. want to take a photo of them actually because it's all 151 of them now. Yeah, it's just I, all there. All have you have you done? Have you ticked off the um, the games list? Have you ticked off the ones you have and haven't played? I oh, I've done it. I, I've gone yeah. I've gone through it. I haven't and I've, done that. I might do that. It's a good idea. I I, I they have a little uh, thing. There's a page for it. They have a little check boxes. It's kind of uh, scary to do that because non, you know me reasonably well. And it's like yeah, probably played most of them. Um, probably not too I mean one, one of my biggest shames is I've never really finished Ocarina of Time I know stop it right. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a batch of those there that are sort of like considered the um, you know holy grail of, of gaming so I, I've i been ticking off the ones that I haven't played uh, and or that I didn't play enough of and plan to go back to playing again so um yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to working my way through some of those, okay. those classics. So they're not, they're not they're not all old as well. They're not all retro. It's just there's a mix. There's yeah, a mix, it's just, a, just you know you need to need to play them. We need to experience them. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, I mean, the, the next question is regular listeners will know, and we do have them because we you know we've been going a little while now. But we said, I'm happy to say, um, yeah, I'm one all, of them. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and we and we we normally sort of put you know. What is your influences? But it seems to be, it's no bad thing. But you know, what 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 was the past? What came before? Um, and yet, just taking a a modern um, no, it's, 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 it's more intelligent. Now. It's deeper than that. It's you're taking the recent influences of development and game design and saying, you know, let's just take this core and slap it into present day and see what happens. Is that an accurate description of what you've been making? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, it, what, what would I mean? How would, is that what you describe your influences to be? Is is games from 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 the past? Yeah, I think the games that I've been making and and aiming to make are ones that are addictive and bite-sized pieces of fun that keep people coming back and playing. Yeah. One more go, and uh, that's that's exactly the way um, uh, Galaxy Storm started off and 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 played out. Where obviously the uh, Viking Invaders is more is more was more of a you know I've always wanted to do it. Uh, I've always wanted to make a remake of that game, so I wanted to do that regardless if anyone plays it or not. I wanted to see if I could do it. I went and, to a, uh, yeah. I mean, I went to. Doing- I went to talk uh, during Resed, actually. No, it wasn't. Right, yeah. it, was, it was actually Eurogamer. It was the Res section at Eurogamer Expo. So there we go. So it was still Res, but they actually had a talk about, you know, some, there was the curates of the uh, Leftfield collection. And the Leftfield collection, if you've gone, gone to Eurogamer, and I would recommend it, it's quite fun. Um, it, it's more than quite fun, it's very good. Um, there's, they just have a whole section of games that are a bit bonkers. Uh, right, right. And uh, it turns out that a lot of people ask the question, you know, when's this game coming out, or how much is it selling for? Like, I'm not selling it. What do you mean? Well, I just made it. Why? Because I wanted to. So they made a game for the sake of making a game. Yeah, yeah. And that's great. 
And, I'll, and it just hit me like a thunderbolt. Like, oh, yeah. And you just go back there and you go, these games are, they're never going to sell. They're, not, they're just weird. You know, there was one game where you, there was one year, not, not there, but there's another game I played where you just hopped between planets and eventually died and it was about a reflection of the futility of life. It was just weird, but it's okay. Because, you know, the, I actually contacted the maker and said, do you want to come on the show? And I said, not really. I don't want to promote the game. It's just a thing I made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just, you know, and this is what you've done with your first game. You made it for the sake of making a game. Yeah, and that, that was it. I didn't, I didn't even think it was going, you know, I didn't think it, it was going to No, uh, you didn't even have to sell it. Yeah. No, you just didn't have to sell it. You just went, well, I can. I may yeah. as well, but it's not that no one's going to buy this because it's bonkers. You know, it's like, it's, yeah. you know, it, in fact, a lot of the code or the actual core mechanics of the game, as much as we loved it, there's some problems there. I'm sure you fixed it, maybe, with some of the nuances and the elements of the game, but there's like, hang on, this is unfair. Yep. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, uh, I, I did do a little bit of tweaking, but, uh, but generally it's nearly, uh, apart from the, um, I, I made the enemy catapults, the computerized ones, operate using um, proper directional firing, as yes. opposed to as opposed to a random screen firing anywhere <laughs> uh, at any distance. I I kind of gave them uh, a bit of AI so that they went seeking, but they were still firing to the limits of their catapults. Yes, uh, yeah. which is you know. I suppose it's one little little improvement. <laughs> one. Um, yeah. I also, uh, I think I expanded so that you, you could you could buy more units in the first time around your 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 castle or or keep, and um, yeah, yeah. But most most of the rest of it is, for, and and the AI is a bit more is a bit you know, the enemy will actually go and seek you as opposed you know, and it will chase down enemies that are near near them. As opposed to just being totally random. Yes, they did, which were, <coughs> which made it even more terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and and the drunks are still in it, you know the. Uh, <laughs> oh God, yes. Yeah, so the uh, the guys that get drunk when they, yeah, when they find get, a horn of a drinking horn. They do, yeah, and they go yeah. after Valhalla and they go, "Don't go there!" Oh, there he goes, no control. <laughs> um, so, who do you most admire in the video game industry land, and why? Um, I would say I, I I admire a lot of people, and um, you, you know, I would say there isn't really any one person. But okay. you know, I I I grew up playing um a lot of uh, Julian Gollop's um games, and yes, I, I loved on the show. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> and. Uh, I absolutely loved uh, Laser Squad Nemesis the, oh. um, when that was out, uh, a turn-based, uh, server-based um, game that was multiplayer turn-based, but it was it was um, it was a bit you know it was a bit uh, it was like a a great play-by-mail kind of experience for developers so a lot of people who were playing it were people who were either IT or office based that they would love to take their turns uh, submit it to the server and wait for a result they'd be um, they would just check the web page to see when 
when the when the enemy their opponent has come back with their turns so it was a brilliant game and very well executed it's a pity it's uh, gone now you know, it's the the whole server side of it just yeah, died yeah it did unfortunately um you know he's gone off to do chaos reborn which is an excellent yeah. game um, yeah yeah it's of itself but it's it's not it's not it's not ufo yeah so I always call it and then people go oh, xcom and like it's ufo um, but the, but the well, tactics yeah. involved in Laser Squad Nemesis, I mean, there was competitions, there was uh, cups and, you know, championships and there was a league. Uh, uh, and there was, you know, people that were, there was a team-based league that um, people would be matched up against different people and uh, you'd have to play for your team and try and win points. And you, you basically, the rules were you were, you were either fixed at a, a, as a race or you were just random so um, you could be either human which was the laser squad guys uh, alien like spawn they were called and you, you could be the other aliens which were the greys or mechanoids which were robots oh okay, okay. so so there was um, yeah four different races and it was it was actually a very good game it was very good uh, but yeah, it was those kind of games, and also I loved the um, you know the games of um, DOD like uh, football, you know, the, the kickoff and um, and Prince of Persia, uh, Jordan Mechner, and I never forget playing that for the first time. Oh, it was amazing! Um, yeah, yeah. It, oddly, it wasn't on. Um, it wasn't on an eight bit. Uh, kind of late to the party with it. I actually played it on an Amiga. Yeah, me too. First, yeah. um, I only found out later that it's actually a much older game than I thought. Um, but could not believe what I was watching. You know, what you could do. The fact that he had momentum. It wasn't this weird animatronic creature that would move even to the point where you could stop it half mid movement and stand there forever until yeah. you moved it. I mean, this was a fully realised animated person yeah. could run with momentum and then stop and start and and just it was you know I love finding the secrets in those games loved yeah. it it I was great it was, uh, the process he used the rotoscoping was just brilliant yeah it was way ahead of his time and yeah. you know this. I mean this is why I loved playing um, um, Flashback um, yeah so, which is a similar sort of game yeah uh, I, I prefer the first one Another World yeah yeah, uh, another world, um, <coughs> which was less less shooting, but more more of that kind of gameplay. It, it was a puzzle it, puzzle based. It was a puzzle based pure adventure game. Yeah, uh, yeah. hard from the outset. I mean, in yeah. the first screen, if you didn't move, you get dragged down and drowned. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. not a spoiler, everyone. That just, just just stand there when you play another world. Just get up on the you know when you, you get you have to swim up, and if you stay on that screen, you're gonna die. To keep moving, um, amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah. and it was it was Jordan's journals, uh, the journal books of making the making of Karadika and the making of Prince of Persia that kind of gave me uh, a bit of an inspiration to you know to be, to write my book, you know, as right. well as you know, just just that whole. Um, yes, it's definitely when we talk about that later on the show. But there's you just get to the point. Mm. That's what I love about this book is you get to the point. Yeah, uh, which yeah. a lot of the books back in the day didn't. Um, they were written for the person who wrote them, which is 
of little use to anyone. Um, they did try to explain things, but generally, we'll explain. I'll, I'll talk about what I struggled with back in the day, and you've actually overcome and actually answered the fundamental question I didn't never got answered. 30 years ago um, but um, and you'll laugh your head off and I'll <laughs> tell you what it is like really Chris you're an intelligent man you didn't know that but uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later okay. so what are you playing right now um, I'm playing um, I recently got a arcade Mayflash to joystick and it's because I don't have the room for. I don't have the room to build myself, uh, you know, an arcade cabinet. Um, but uh, I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did. But um, but I have that, and I have a Raspberry Pi Model B hooked up to it um, with some 3M Velcro um, and um, a host of emulators and MAME and uh, a lot of a lot of MAME games. And I've been playing some old arcade games and then on 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 console i would i would frequently pick up um red dead redemption oh yeah yeah i love, I, I, I love jumping into that just for it, it just you know it's great fun even just to play say for 30 minutes or an hour yeah. it's just uh it's just great uh, i love that and and then you know a few, you know, a few minutes after that, you could fire up Gallagher or something and 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 just have a go. You know, for see, you know, I'm 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 actually getting quite good at Gallagher. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's a good game. Um, oh, it's great. Yeah, there, there's yeah. there's people get confusing Galax, you know, um, Galaxians and Gallagher, and it does, yeah, they there is nuance to all of them. Uh, yeah, but um, I mean, just going back to Red Dead Redemption, I had. Um, had an interesting discussion on Facebook, which is always interesting, when someone started getting rather excited and they were saying, oh, they don't make games like they used to. I said, don't, don't start. <laughs> don't you ever say that. Don't ever say that. That is just horrible, ignorant thing to say. How can you... If you shoved your 30... If you went back 30 years and shoved a copy in their hand of, I don't know, Fallout 4, that you would lose your mind. So stop it. You know, none yeah. of that. You know, there's been some amazing advancements in the last 30 years. Um, or you could date Metal Gear Solid 5. You'd shove that in someone's face. Again, they would lose their minds. People yeah. did. Yeah. have. Or The Witcher 3, for example. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Things are amazing now. They are truly amazing. And it does happen a lot in the retro scene, unfortunately, where people... Start making comments and denigrating comments about current video game development. It's like, don't, don't start. Don't, no, 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 don't go there. It's like, well, it's not like the old days. Said, yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> Isn't that great? It's not like the old days. Yeah. No, I have to sit there for five minutes hearing this screeching sound. No one wants that. <laughs> you know, it's just, no one wants this. You know, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. We live in extraordinary times regards to digital entertainment. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't remember the last time I watched broadcast television. Who watches broadcast television anymore? You know, yeah, you, you yeah. watch it when you want to. You know, and that's how it works. And that's great. And um, that's fine. So I, I do get agitated about that when people start halfway on about the olden times. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. No, the, um... You know, at the expense of current development. Don't do that. Respect what happened. 
but also embrace what's happening now. I mean, look at Firewatch. That game's brilliant. Mm. It's ingenious. It's funny. It's just a little adventure that you go through, and it's just ridiculous. But that's okay. It's like a book. Enjoy it for what it is. Another game. Another game. Just I just remembered that I I love playing is uh, Limbo. Limbo. Oh is, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and, and just a, a a great piece of game making. And um, I heard you mention him on a, on a on a previous podcast. But um, uh, Phil Fish's Fez, I think, is is just a, a joy to actually <laughs> behold. You know, it is. It's Jeez. just, it's just amazing. The, um, it just puts a smile on your face. It's just a great game. It's, it is. If you look at the animation of, of you know, from, um, is it the detail. Yeah, yeah the detail just, is amazing. He's just little animation where he, when he picks up a block and he squishes down and he's really, hmm. really heavy and then he, it's just yeah. beautiful. It's just so um, such an idiot. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It's uh, he's obviously a uh, you know. Uh, trouble genius, you know. Yeah, he's tortured, <laughs> tortured brain. He he gets very, he takes everything to heart, and uh, every yeah, he's just yeah. I don't know what is wrong with him. He's not well, but but uh, uh, but that well. game, yeah. It, it, I mean, that's it's probably it was probably the the um, the anguish going through making such a detailed uh, well, game, having to wrap and yeah, apparently. Uh, one of the things he did was when he was doing a pixel art, he wasn't used to doing pixel art because I'm sure you appreciate it. it's hard. Um, yeah. And when he first started doing the textures for the world, um, it was okay, but then he got better and better at it. And then he saw his earlier levels and early attempts at pixel art and they were worse than when he did the later levels. Yeah, yeah. So he had to go back and do all of those to make them of equivalent sort of quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, can I can fully relate to something like that because I I I would be very much you know if I if I went and did something and then came back and looked at it a few months later and thought oh my god it looks it looks crap yeah you know to me or something you know, I I yeah. I would be the person as well that would sit there and go I'm doing this all over again <laughs> <laughs> right so. I think that's the end of the first half. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, if you feel we're rushing a bit, ladies and gentlemen, it's because we've got a lot to cover in the second half, because we've got more than just five questions. <gasps> oh, yes, because it's, this this book is too important to feel just to... I couldn't just do five questions. I know not much of a journalist, don't I? But honestly, some of the ones, the later ones, need to be asked, in my opinion. So, Gary, we're going to go on and talk about... ZX Spectrum Games <coughs> Food Club The Book Yep
Okay. So, the zero of question. You're a regular listener, so you know what this means. Tell us, what is ZX Spectrum Games Code Club? Okay, so it's a book of 20 games that can be typed in in code form with some guiding explanation as to uh, certain game development um, explanations of what pieces of code do. So the the games can uh, range from arcade kind of style games to puzzle and uh, traditional board game games as well. So um, there's 20 games and there should be something for for everyone. Yes, there's even Flappy Bird. Yes, yes. Which, which is interesting. Um, so when I f- saw this book on Facebook and you advertising it, I lost my mind. I thought, this is amazing. Someone's writing a book now to make games on the spectrum. Not 30 years ago, when okay, you know, some of these books were but just weren't well put together. But writing one now, using the sensibilities and understanding of coding and that sort of thing, now, what we've learned for the last 30 years, writing something about it now. And that just excited me, because that meant that the language in it would be more developed, the writing would be tighter, uh, and the, the explanation would be better. Lo and behold, it was, as I predicted. It was just like... Th- you can understand that writing development or the evolution of the instructional writing has, you know, gone through the roof over the last 30 years, especially when it comes to board game explanations and that sort of thing. And tutoring and learning, the, the advancement of that is amazing. And you've just built on that, whether you liked it or not, probably subconsciously, because you've been reading textbooks and for whatever reason, you know, learning your own job and, and, and you know, having to digest uh, information in a very or very complex information and have it distilled in the clearest way as possible and that comes out from this book in that you said let's just get to the point don't then and, and give the audience credit them some intelligence but not yeah, yeah. to the not to the point where they don't you are saying aren't i clever you don't understand this no or or getting you know bombarded with uh, the minute detail which would bore the pants off yeah and people would lose interest doesn't matter it doesn't you know it didn't need it didn't need that if you want to know more and there's a lot of that in this book and we'll talk about that later is there's definitely of we'll know more about this do some research here or go here or reference here but you know I'm just trying to teach you a means and here's you here's, you know here's some code which is all there for you to type out in an emulator or the real spectrum, doesn't matter, uh, and just, you know, play it and play these games and then see how they work and why do they work. But before we go into the detail about that, I want to ask you, what is it you think is special about the basic found in spectrums? What's so unique about it, if you believe there's anything unique about it at all? Uh, I... I I do. I, I believe there's a few things that are is unique about when the 48 first came out. It was unique, unique from the point of, uh, obviously, the um, the ZX80 and the ZX81 had the one-touch command keys. Um, like them or love, like, like them or hate them, they, um, they were, like, having, you know, uh, instructions on your keyboard 
it was like having a little sort of a mini manual on your keyboard on a 48 that would actually, you know, it would prompt you to find out what they did. Uh, what does, what does it mean? Uh, what's, what's this, what's this word poke? Um, what does, what does print do? And, um, I mean, I, I actually cut my teeth on this, on the ZX81. Yeah. On a spectrum. I spot, it's like programming on an 81. Um, that's no, that's not a pleasant experience, everyone. Um, sorry, no offense to any 81 fans out there. Well, both of you, um, but you kept it very still. Yes. <laughs> you had to keep it very still. Otherwise, everything you typed in the last two hours would vanish. Um, so yes, you had to be very careful. And everything was in caps. Yeah. Uh, and there was no colon sort of next command. You had to do a new command line and that sort of stuff. It was very, it was like the embryonic version of what the Spectrum eventually had. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the other, uh, obviously that was one feature was that the commands were there and it was really, it, it made the machine look like a, a little, little box of science, you know? Yes. Um, a little, little box of tricks. And, um, the, Second thing that I think is very important in the Spectrum Basic is that it corrected entry on every entry of a command of a command line, so it would actually interpret and and fire before allowing the command to be entered. So um, or before entering a line of commands to be entered, it would actually find the part of the line that had a problem and had a little question mark around it. Yes, uh, it would um, come up with a syntax error. Going, yeah, yeah this, syntax error. Yeah, this, this yeah. is this is this is wrong. What? Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not letting you press return. Yeah. Until you fix this, right now. Yes, and that that's that's brilliant from a, a learning point of view. Yeah. Uh, because people can uh, easily make typos. Uh, so this was the typo killer. You know, it was great. It was great for fixing uh, code before. You know, you, you knew you had runnable code when it let you actually enter. Yeah, provided your yeah you know, subroutines and stuff actually were pointing to the right. Yeah, to the right line. lines. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and also, I, I, that's what I found. One of my great, you know, the arguments that we would have back in the playground days, the C64 versus the Spectrum, was that C64 basic was horrible. I mean, yeah. it was bad um, I don't know of any Commodore fan that defends it um, it's definitely written and developed by engineers for engineers yeah it's not good when a when a yeah. when a basic is is kind of um, you're expected to enter it without any spaces yes yeah. <laughs> and also the fact that you had to in order I want to change color yeah you need to change a, a memory register Beg your pardon? <laughs> you need to change a memory register and, and a, what yeah, kind of just put. Oh no, 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 no! That would make sense. <laughs> We're engineers. This shouldn't make any sense. This is written for us because it's secret. Like, no, well, no. You need to look at what the memory address is and then change it. Then you get a different cut. Oh, go away! And that was it. That was, I was, I was yeah. done with the sixty. <clears throat> Sorry, sixty-four fans, but the the, the the basic terrible. Don't lie. Don't lie to yourself. Awful. All right. Okay. I didn't want to turn this into a CC4 sort of slagging thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing I just want to tweeze out at you is the fact that this Commodore 64, bless it, had. I've uh, I, 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 I've been contacted by uh, 
C64 fans who bought right. the book and they have suddenly got gotten interested in the Spectrum because they wanted to program and see what it was like to program on a Spectrum. And this obviously wasn't there wasn't a um, I didn't do the book for the Commodore 64, so they needed to to actually get themselves an emulator or or or, them, or a real Spectrum and and try it. So and they uh, the 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 few that have contacted me have said they they loved it. They loved yeah. uh, they lo- they they didn't realize what um what a great tool it was for programming and what a, what a great basic yeah. Sinclair Spectrums had it's over. No their own Commodores. No. Um, and it gets, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a kind of, you know, ha ha, you know, you know, uh, isn't Spectrum much better than Commodore kind of thing. It was just, uh, it was just, that's the way it was. It was, yeah. And with this more, aspect, it was better. Sorry, but you know, it, and you could argue, well, actually the BBC basic was better than the Spectrum one. It probably was. Um, there were aspects of other, you know, but that, the, the, when it compared the two machines, the basic on the Spectrum was light years ahead of the Commodore. Uh, and, I, and I, I just genuinely believe the reason for that is the people who made the Commodore were engineers, and they just they thought like engineers, and they assumed that everyone thought like them, and that was stupid. Um, whereas the people who made the basic in the Spectrum clearly understood that this is for people who had no idea about computers, and then you know treated it as such. Yeah, and they and they based it on. They based it on the um, the Dartmouth uh, basic, right. which was uh, very popular at the uh, you know at the time. Uh, it's not it's not fully compatible with it. It's not it doesn't have it. But they they added their own little yes. little tweaks to it. Um, but it, I mean, it was it was just brilliant. I mean, four or five lines of code, you can make joystick uh, controls in in ZX Spectrum and. Any, any, yeah, any basic learner can can do that. You know? Not even a single peek or poke in sight, unless yeah, you're in the Kempston. Yeah. But <laughs> no, no, not even even with the Kempston, you don't need a, you don't need the pokes. You just need uh, the command in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry, my my bad. And oh, and we... for Sinclair, for the Sinclair option, joysticks, yeah, Sinc- they just map, map to the keys. Yeah, uh, yeah, to the yeah. keys. As was as was cursors. So yeah, brilliant. So next question. What yeah. can people learn from making programs on a thirty-year-old computer? Sounds a bit sort of caustic, but that's a it's an honest question. It's a reasonable one. Yeah, sure. They can they can basically learn about loops. They can learn about subroutines. They can learn that you know a subroutine is basically it's like a function, and it has it has a certain uh, job to and. You know the go sub in the Sinclair Spectrum is is um, go sub line number, run that code, do what you have to do, and return back to this previous point. Yeah. And learning those little tricks kind of it's like a little foundation for how you build functions in every other language. Then from JavaScript to C sharp to whatever. So um, they still exist. That 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 concept of go stuff, yeah. which I remember being filling around with yeah. um, when I was you know twelve on a on a, a ZX eighty one. 
or mm. just that still that, exists. That in my mind, that's the way I see a, a ghost sub translating okay. into the modern languages um, without the advanced feature of being able to pass parameters in like a function does. So I would see it's you know it's a more primitive version of a function and that's one thing they can learn they can learn about the loops which is the for next loop which is the only one that the spectrum has um other other basics like even the bbc basic had uh had uh the while loops and the wind um oh yes yeah, so that that's not logic is it kind of uh yeah kind of it's yeah. kind of uh a conditional conditional loop. Yeah. Uh, it's not a if, if a value equals something then yeah. it'll it'll finish the loop or continue the loop. That's right, yeah. Um uh, the for or next is a kind of a is a fixed loop. It's yeah. It, it is yeah. It doesn't um it but you can jump out of it. You can build an if statement in the middle of it to jump out of it simulating these other uh while and when loops. Um and those 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 pieces of um and then the screen manipulation as well but those those they all um translate then to later languages um when you know every every other language has its own version of the print command and uh the hello world yeah. and the um the ability to you know use a, a language kind of it it makes it easier then for any other language so once you know one language and and i don't believe that knowing basic is as some people would say some people would think that uh, basic is a hindrance to uh good coding yes, practice there is there is a lot of there's a lot of school of thought on that yeah yeah so i've, I've never but, understood but carry on yeah yeah it's it's very it's very yeah it is a very hard thing to uh to fathom that it's so bad when that's where everything is built on because everyone that has learned has started with basic and then moved on to assembly or moved on to something, you know. So they've, uh, uh, whether they, you know, whether they uh, st- stuck with it or went to a, a more modern version, they would have probably only gained their enthusiasm by using basic, you know, or understanding that, oh, I can do something, I can do something. And you have to start somewhere. And uh, that's that's what basic is for. It's for yeah. it's for starting. It's yeah. for starting somewhere. Whereas um, if you didn't if you didn't start somewhere, you'd just be looking at a bunch of numbers on the screen and scratching your head. Yeah. And, uh, well, where's your frame of reference? You know, I mean, yeah. you make a routine. What? Yes. Yeah. So so <laughs> little, little steps, you know, yes. yeah. yeah. As opposed to uh, be, ex- assuming that everyone is going to be a. a a whiz genius that's going to jump in and take over the system's logic using yeah. their mind. Um, <laughs> well, that's all very sort of Hollywood sort of science. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, it when it, um, yeah Hollywood does like um, computers like still don't war get games. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, war games is a great film. I did like that. I yeah. do like the fact they put the phone on a coupler. Like, oh, really? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, and I, I I remember using my modem as well to connect up to. BBS systems in in Dublin, you know, it was, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah the, magical um, time. I never did it with eight bits. I only did it with my uh, 
my uh, Amiga and stuff. Uh, yeah, I did, I did, yeah, that's what I used as well. I had my Amiga when I was doing it. And uh, uh, the bulletin board system, I knew the guy that ran it, and uh, it turns out we ended up uh, working in the same job then later <laughs> on. Was, yeah, uh, never burn those bridges, my friend. So, no, no. Uh, and, uh, um, yeah. so my next question, I mean, it's great, great response, really. I mean, we could go on. There's many other things. But it's a question that I often get asked, you know, when I actually posted on Twitter that I was learning to program again using this book. And I said, why are you making Spectrum games? And I said, this is why. Because it's all basically built around this concept. It may be 30 years old. In fact, Basic's much, much older than that. People still use it. Have you seen Visual Basic? Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, it's still it's still there. And I have a language as well. It's, one with, uh, it's called GL Basic, which is... Um a more advanced version of of a uh, of a basic language that's able to build desktop, mobile, and uh, games in two D or three D, and um, it kind of it, it builds it down into a into C plus plus, and then it'll convert reconvert that C plus plus into Java, and um, it's actually uh, very user friendly and very very much fun. You know, it's a lot of fun to to use, like um, like the basics of old. Yeah. So, how much programming information is in the book? And how much prior knowledge does the reader need before attempting to run programs in it? Um, I would say that um, the only thing that's, that's probably the, uh, that we need to get to grips with is, is learning that an emulator has a different key mapping to, say... Uh, their normal keys and their normal symbols, that there is some symbols that aren't in the places where they expect them to be. Uh, the book goes into a little explanation on where these are. Uh, but as people would, you know, if they get familiar with their emulators, they'll pick these up, you know, like uh, control and P is your, is your quotes uh, symbol. And for an emulator, or well, for your normal keyboard, people are so used to pressing shift in two or um or whatever way their keyboard is mapped out but um it's just those little quirks that they just have to get over those hurdles and i would ex- i would advise people that you know unlike yourself uh who <laughs> who is uh very familiar with the older one touch um command style of programming yeah. um that they would use the one to ak basic mode because that's more um it's, it's more yeah it's more yeah. traditional and more more in line with um being I, able to type in commands as they as they're seeing. Yeah, I'm not gonna be come across elitist. I don't want to, I'm not going to, but I'm I'm much more used to using the ridiculous function keys on the spectrums. There's about nine different functions, well it's not nine, but a fair few different functions on one key. Depending on yeah. an extraordinary amount of Combinations. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Symbol shift and I think symbol shift and return will give you function. And then if you put shift and that, and you press the button, then it would have the lower commanders. But it was you did. I just knew how to do it. It was yeah, incredible yeah. when I started programming again. You know, and I sat there bashing away at the keyboard. All my this comes back to you. This yeah. comes back to you. Yeah. And, and because of that. I probably spend, I probably press a fraction, a fraction of the key presses that anyone else would normally do if they're doing the, because you just, you know, you press P, print, and then there's, 
Alpha list and bing 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 bing. It's just there, you know. Actually, yeah, a, yeah. It's just A for list. Sorry, but you know, it just you just you just know. And it's just what's really weird. If you look at the keyboard, the, the uninitiated. We look at that Spectrum keyboard. It looks like a mess. Like yeah, what is this? Yeah. But when you're no, you couldn't actually. It's like uh, the fog is lifted, and you go. Well, I'm looking for the bo- the, the keys at the bottom. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you know, there's, oh, there's, there's clear screen. There, there it is. Bang. You know, and just, you just, you know, you just know, you know that it's, it's simple shift and Z to get a colon. Of course, of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. And I just, um, yeah. So you're basically saying that the only thing they need to know is how to use a spectrum. That's it. Yeah, whether it's it. an emulator or or not, um, I do have you know I'm a big retro fan. I, I've got a, a series of spectrums, everything from 48k right up to a plus three, and they all work. Uh, but I generally use most of the time my, my rubber key or my plus. Um, yeah. My yeah. plus has got an interface one on it because I've got micro drives with lots of micro drives and stuff. But that's a discussion for another time. Um, so, but yes. Uh, it's uh, in fact I saved a lot of these programs onto microdrives because it's it's quicker. Great, great. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just quicker for me to load from those rather than tape, and they're just as you know they're not particularly reliable, but the ones I've got are great. So, um, my next question for you now: This is a personal gripe I have, not against you personally, but other people who tried to. Because about a year ago, um, someone put on Facebook a the code for a game of. Um, Flappy Bird and they said here you go I've written this code and here it is you can have a go and program it on the Spectrum oh that'll be fun that's yeah. great so I sat there and did it and it didn't work of course it didn't work of course I mean I wrote it out line for line and it was wrong and it, also I knew that it was wrong and I actually found myself bug checking it and fixing it as I was trying to get it done I'm like well how did why you know did, why is it so why why is it so hard to reproduce code accurately? And I just ask you, how did you bug test for this, every game on here? Because I know it will work, but I wanted to ask, well, ask you, how painful was that? Because there seems to be some mental problem that people can't reproduce code accurately. I mean, if you look at the what what the, what the person did, I knew there's a problem because some of the lines weren't didn't have gaps in them; they were like sequentially one apart. When that happens, you know there's something wrong. So. Tell me, how did you bug fix this or bug check? I should say. Um, yeah, so I I, I ran um, the code on on emulators so that it would actually um, <clears throat> I I did the code in an editor that would um, allow me to convert it then into a into a tap file and then I ran it then um, testing that. It was um, it was running all the sections of the game, so there was um, an early bug that was spotted by somebody, and I, I s- since um, fixed that, and and it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a game breaking bug. It was just a um, a little niggly kind of bug that would you know it would it, that would force people to have to break out of the game and press run again. Right. But um, but that's that that was fixed. Um, and uh, that was only in the earliest version of the book. Right. Um. So the, and there was um 
yeah, so then it, I did, um, I had, I had stacks of different versions of, of, of some of the game's code because I changed my mind and I changed different versions. The, the game, one of the games that, um, is in the book, the, uh, I'll tell you which one it is. Allotment Wars. Okay, that was um that drove me mad because I was actually um I had that down as one of the games and somebody somebody did then commented and said oh my god I I can't wait to see what that is you know so uh, I felt obliged that I obli- obligated that I would have to um have to include it <laughs> right and uh, and um I had a, had it in my head how it was supposed to work and then I completely changed it because I said this isn't fun this is this is this is terrible, and I, you know, and it wasn't. Not every game is you know super super fun and addictive, but I wanted to have a level of playability so that people would uh, you know be rewarded for their efforts. And um, I did I did four versions of that game, completely different each one. Before I settled on the one I was picking, so I, I had four different versions of that, and then there was, um, you know, speed problems with building the snake game. So the snake game had to, um, if I was to build it like a traditional snake game, I'd have to um, use arrays and stuff like that. And uh, because I was only using basic, uh, using arrays that grow in size for the snake's tail would involve a slower game that would get slower and slower as your snake got bigger and bigger. Um, so I then used some kind of little, a little bit of AI logic that would, um, Pathfinder kind of thing that would seek and destroy its own tail um, and eat it up behind itself, um, which is not the way the traditional snake would traditional snake game would normally be made it would normally be made using arrays and um arrays of values that would store the tail so uh so that was one other game that had its own little uh problems but um but other than that it was it was um the the i suppose one of the trickier games was the um Battleship, because it was a longer game, and the debugging in that was uh, it was a bit more complex, a bit slightly more complex bit of code in that one because it was a it was a more complex game. But um, yeah, so the so debugging, I was using I was out, I'm nearly always able to find most of the bugs. So um, and once I was happy, then that they all ran. And ran effectively. I mean, I, I had to, I play tested them as uh, a good few times. Uh, there is you know, obviously the certain, certain, I was blinded to certain things, but um, uh, it didn't. I made sure that every game ran. And once I knew that every game ran, I knew I had good code, and that was the code I was going to use. And then I used special tools to um, export all my code so I could put it into a uh, print format, so I wouldn't have to retype it. In a, in a text file, yes. Yeah, so yes, yeah. It was very important. 
mean, one of the things we haven't really mentioned, but there's um, the bits at the end of it, the code that says, you know, suggestions for extending. Yes. Optional yeah. brackets, and you get a little funky symbol of a little, looks like a little monster from Galaxian or something. Anyway. Yeah, uh, it's the logo, the <laughs> Gazapper Games logo, yeah. There you go. And uh, so, you know, it just add more features and, you know. I mean, I was just looking at the, as you were chatting there, I was actually um, looking at the Allotment Wars code, and it is quite extensive. It does talk about how it evolved over time. But it says, you know, make, you know, add multiplayer or make the veg type matter, and maybe yeah. you could add random events that affect the game, and just encouraging people to explore and modify the, what they've made. It's brilliant. Uh, this is the sort of thing. But it doesn't, what I love about it is it doesn't tell you how you do those things. To yeah, say, yeah. You know, see if you can figure out how to do that. I mean, as, uh, before the show, we, we did talk a little bit about you know history of micro experience, and I've got only so far. Then I actually hit an impasse, and you'll you'll laugh at this, or maybe you won't. I don't know. But the impasse I hit, and that's a pun, was <laughs> I couldn't do collision detection. Right, every, right. Every every time I tried to read up and find out a very specific point. Please tell me how you do collision detection in basic. And I couldn't get a, a sensible answer from anyone. Yeah. It was yeah. really strange. What is it so hard to tell me or tell, a, tell you you're controlling something and if something hits something else in the same position on the screen, something happens? I couldn't get the basic to do it. I was just like, how do you do this? How do you do that? Basic, you know, obviously basic, basic command or not, no, come on, concept, collision detection, and uh, it was, it, it was, it was beyond my brain, not beyond my. I just looked and read, and no one would give a straight answer. Right, yeah. So it's just you may find that amusing or sad. I don't know, but it, the, the, the big impasse I had, I could only go so far with making games without knowing how to do. Collision detection, not on turn-based games, because that was easy enough to do. Yeah, yeah. It was on action games or reactive games. Couldn't do it. Just could not do it. And, and how did uh, you find it in the in the book? It does it. It tells you. It explains it. How do you do it? And it was that was just so revelatory to me. Like, oh, I won't go into details. I want to bore a listener, but it's just it's so easy now. I get it now. But yeah, at the time, yeah. it just defeated me. And you probably think that's sad, but I don't know. No, no. It's, it's, uh, it's um, you know, there's, there's little aspects of certain languages that people have always, you know, even the experts, they they would learn new new things that they didn't realise were, were possible or uh, shortcuts that they didn't realise were there. Uh, so... For, for you know, not everyone knows the ins and outs, and a lot of application uh, programmers wouldn't have a clue uh, how to build a game loop, and yeah. you know how to um, how to do those little things that are required in a game that aren't really required in an application, like no. uh, like a like a timer, a timer that would control the movement so that everything is. Um, Everything is moving uniformly and in time yeah. with each other. 
So, so those, uh, you know, the things like the time delay that, uh, you would need for, for say advanced games, uh, which you, you know, you don't really, you don't really need a timer delay in a, in a spectrum basic game. It, it, it's as fast as it'll let you. And, um, you know, and in Ireland at the moment, there's a, there's a, there's a good, uh, vibrant community of, uh, of, of game developing going on. I mean, We've recently had moved back from or move over to here from the states. We've had John Romero and Brenda Romero, and um, they've come and set up shop in in Galway, and um, you know, bringing a whole uh, kind of a bit more, bit, making Ireland a bit more rock star, a bit more cool for for game development. And you know, we have a. Uh, Couple of things that you know, there's a there's a there's a monthly game jam as well that happens in Dublin. So, um, and I I've just started attending that as well because it's it's like as you say, finishing a game is so important. Very so, important. Yeah, I understand that you can start them. Oh yeah, no one yeah. wants to do the menu screen, do they? Oh, I'll get to that. No, you do it now. No, I'll get to it. Let's just do this. No, you'll do it now. It's just doing you know. Finishing yeah. a game, even if it's shit, doesn't matter. Even if it's a yeah. you know a basic blocks moving jam game, it's yeah. still a still a game. Yeah, still a game. Still finished it. And this uh, obviously the, the and the the idea of the book was to have twenty games that people could finish. Yeah, you know, and, and then fiddle with. Yeah, yeah. There's no 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 creative endeavor is ever finished. Obviously. Yeah, and and the spectrum basic is great for. Uh, doing your own little UDG sprites. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and just building your own little graphics and and then using really rudimentary blocks and shapes as well. I mean, I to, one of the favorite things that after the building a, a user defined graphic as UDG is um, after you've pressed you know graphic G or graphic and then yeah. the character. And then after the, 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 you run the game for the first time, and all of a sudden that character no longer an A, it's now the little thing you made. Yes, uh, yeah. And that always filled me full of full of joy of seeing that. Thought, yeah. That's cool. See, look, it works. It does look. Oh, actually, it does look a bit rude. And <laughs> as well, I I I actually fair yeah, and as well as um, I did think it was uh, appropriate as well to have all my UDGs entered as character values yeah uh, so that the uninitiated non-spectrum user would not be uh would not hit a hit a block where they go searching for the for the g symbol advanced yes. graphics yeah. uh keyboard symbol yeah. so that they could enter the uh the graphic that would just drive uh i think uh people nuts so, uh, like, what's this all about like, yeah It'll be okay. How do I get that little that little dude? How do I get that little? <laughs> it's, not, it's like, where's the any key? Where is yeah, it? Yeah. Where's the any key? Uh, it's nowhere. It's like, no. Yeah. yeah so, a, the magazines of of old would have always had the uh, UDGs. Did, yeah. Did, yeah. In the printing listing, so, yeah. um, which you know, it it looks nice, it, it, but. If it's a, if it's somebody who's just starting out and they're just trying their very first, and they can. It can put them off if they start scratching their head. If they don't know what what character to press. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my next question, then, the penultimate one, is um, 
Do you have any plans to write another book that covers more complex language like assembly and stuff? Um, I've been toying with the idea of, um, of, of, of doing another book, which, um, would either be, uh, an extension of this going into assembly or, or a conversion of this into, um, HTML5 and JavaScript that would, um, be more of a broader, um, you know, taking, taking, say, the, the games and the logic and how they're applied in this book and, and putting it into, into HTML5 and JavaScript would help another non-specy, uh, audience into, you know, into picking up a language as well. So, there's yeah, a cu- couple my, of... Yeah. My follow-up question was actually, you know, maybe reading what I've written here, but um, would you consider doing another book on how to program in contemporary engine language, such as Game Maker and or Unity? But, you know. um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I could look at something like, uh, like, like Unity as well. Um, there's so many different books on Unity and they're, yeah. they're Unity tomes um, and the reason is, is because it's because the interfaces requires a lot of learning and the interface is all it's all visual so you actually have to show screenshots of, of actions being carried out so that uh, you could easily explain it uh, it's not all code it's no. all it's actions and interactions, yeah. which is um, which makes for a much much more uh, lengthy book. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think I would I wouldn't probably try Unity. It's been done so many times. Yes. And, um, whereas I I am familiar with HTML and JavaScript. Right. Um, and. And Python to a certain degree that I, I, I think it might, it might be, um, it, that might be an option too, but even, even Python has a kind of a, um, you know, not many, not many Windows users would, uh, would go through the toil of, of, of trying to install Python. It's, uh, it's a, it's a Linux. Yeah, um, language, yeah. you know, um, and and it does obviously run on a lot of web servers and stuff. But uh, but when I'm talking to, when I'm if I'm talking about games for simple games for for um, teaching people, I I would probably be veering towards the HTML side. Um, uh, you know, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't rule out. That I mightn't do, uh, you know, I wouldn't rule out n- uh, not doing a an assembly version, but um, I would say it would probably be uh, a smaller audience than even than this book. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking this is good for me. It's a great inspirational stepping stone, and I would, you know, I'd love to do it. I, don't, I mean, I'm looking at it and learning it and relearning all these skills that I once had that I've yes. since left behind because a you know, day job doesn't require it but it's 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 just that 
that understanding of just getting to grips with the language and the logic again would then lead me to go, you know, make a sequel to this book, a direct sequel to it. Like, if you haven't done this book, this book isn't for you. That's my opinion for you. But you'd be like to say, well, you know, you can do these games, you can write them in, in Java or HTML. I mean, what about C++ or something like that? I don't know. I'm just being ignorant even suggesting that, but it's, you know, it, it is a language. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a much more advanced one, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something you could consider. But like you say, it's 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 kind of a niche, but that's not a bad thing, you know. Books that have yeah, a completely yeah. broad appeal, and this one, just like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm stunned that it exists. You know, here's a book that's been released in the last twelve months about a machine that's been dead for twenty years, uh, and uh, <laughs> so it was even a uh, surprise to me, but um, it was number one in Amazon for most of December. What? Goodness. For game programming, it was ahead of Minecraft, uh, yeah. Python, and Unity books. Yeah, I mean, I put a p- p- thing on Twitter, and people lost their minds. They lost yeah, their minds. Yeah. You know, you saw yeah. the reaction people got. Like, what is going on? It's just a book. <laughs> no, people actually lost their minds, and I couldn't believe know. that. Yeah, that yeah. was like uh, something like well, was... six hundred, seven hundred interactions. Or yeah, something. it's ridiculous. It's just like it's just. Calm down, everyone. It's just the book, but it wasn't just the book. There's more to the, the magic in these pages and the clarity of it. If only I had this 30 years ago, the world would be, a, well, my world would be a different place. But I didn't have it, uh, and it wasn't there. And uh, I know I think well, we got too addicted to Lords of Midnight to actually. Yeah, and it it's probably because I, I, I would struggle as well with uh, overly complex. Uh, thing you know themes uh, in previous books when I have tried to learn certain languages and because um, I'm not very patient and I think maybe that's translated yeah. and come across in, in, in the book as well yes, that because you don't actually explain everything that's in the codes you don't yeah yeah that's fine I mean you're just like oh we, we, we're going to do this now just just type it in have fun with that yeah. Did you see that line? And you sort of pluck out a couple of sample lines. You go, look what we're doing here. Do you see what we're doing here? See that? See that? Isn't that great? Yeah. Then move on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I tried to go into the, uh, into the, all of the building blocks that are required for basic games, uh, for a spectrum basic game. Uh, your keys, your controls, yeah. your graphics, your sound, your, um, uh, movement, your collision, uh, and um, some AI. Hopefully, breaking it all up like that makes it um, easier to digest for people. Yeah. 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 Um, I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> I I do. I, I highly recommend it. It's fabulous, fabulous book. You buy it from Amazon right now. It's in paperback. It's it's quite. It's it's not a vast tome. Uh, it cannot be used as a doorstop or a paperweight in any shape or form. It's only it's just over 100 pages. It's fine. It's great, people. Just go out and enjoy it for what it is. Because uh, it's a very, very special thing. Uh, and I'm delighted that um, it, they, I, I've since gotten it into the Science Gallery in, in Dublin and uh, Make Shop. So it's, it's on sale there as well. 
Right. I'm sure people would. Like I said, seeing this book now, being made now, that's what excited me when I saw that. Rather than some obscure website that no one would go to, it's actually a fully realised book that you can pick up and tactically flick through and read, but more to the point, use and just learn from. Because you do. Maybe these machines are dead. That's that's okay. Because we have moved on, thank God, in many regards. But some and things, you know, we can move, we can learn from these old machines. I think we sign off there, Gary. Yeah, yeah. And it's been fantastic having you on. Thank you very much no, for your thank time. Thank you, and thank you, Chris. And, and making great. and making this book and uh, get out there and, and get it and program on a on an emulator or a spectrum. I don't yeah. care. Um, even, even on a, a plus two, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So. Um, Okay, Gary, thanks for there's even There's even some web, uh, web-based web emulators. You know, there is? They're in, they're in the book. They things. are. Someone linked them to me in, uh, in Facebook. It's it really good. But I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I have my own machines. Um, but, uh, but thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, Gary, I wish you all the very best of luck in your future endeavours. And hopefully we'll see a sequel to this fantastic book. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to this show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye